0: Welcome to the Coach Speak Podcast, presented by Edward Jones financial advisor Steve Medford, the show where we talk coaching with some of the best of the business. In this episode, host Bill Roseberry sits down with multi-talented Ross Locks. This episode of Coach Speak starts in 20 seconds.
1: To win in sports, you must focus on your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. I'm Steve Medford, your Ever Jones financial advisor, and I can help. Call 498-8523. Ever Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. All right, we're back here on Coach Speak with Ross Locks. I mean, this guy's a former uh, star basketball player, former basketball coach, entrepreneur, podcaster you're just doing all kinds of stuff (laughs) good introduction yeah (laughs) i'll take all that (laughs) but Bethalto royalty maybe no 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 no, 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 no. no, no. i'm not there you leave that to your brother
0: yeah yeah Yeah. we'll call we'll call todd that (laughs) yeah there you go
1: there you go well man i was just i was thinking you know you know it's here it is basketball season you know we're right past christmas and um you know, during the Christmas tournaments, I was just thinking about, man, it, it'd be nice just to sit down and talk a little basketball and stuff. And everybody's still coaching. And I was thinking, I was like, get Ross in. I was like, you know, now you're doing the restaurant thing. And, you know, if you had the time, we could talk about some of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I know, um, you know, we probably still get to talk to Ty a little bit about the coaching stuff and have some connections there with him, him being up at Staunton now and, uh, you know, just kind of talk about this time of year and what it was like as a basketball coach and a player.
0: Yeah, um, you know, coach speak, and you, uh, all your coaches are working right now. Right. So so I'll happily fill in. Um, Man, I'll I'll go back to as a player. um, During the holidays, it's – As a high school player, I remember those back-to-back games and kind of being your first time ever getting into those back-to-back games, maybe playing one in the morning, maybe one at night, maybe one at night, turn around and playing again in the morning. Um, That's tougher on a high school kid mentally and physically than you think it really is. Hey, they're young, blah, 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 but those those games were always tough, but – But the good thing about – you know, the one thing that always motivated me during the Christmas tournaments was your family, who normally might be out of town or something like that, always got to come watch you during the holiday tournaments. Right. So that was always motivating. You had kind of a different crowd there. People that normally didn't get to see you play got to come into town and watch you play. Um, As a coach – Man, it's one of the busiest times. You got the holidays going. You got to you got to find time. You know, I mean, most of these coaches are over there scouting every game. You know, right. They're not riding the bus over. They're driving over there in the morning. You know, we we're over in, in the Columbian Freeburg down here in Bethalto, and I mean, you you drive over all day. You scout every game because a lot of those teams are teams you're going to also play. You know, on your schedule, your normal schedule. So you're scouting. You're scouting all day. Yeah. hanging out there all day, then you're coaching a game or two within the day, sticking around and scouting some more, turn around, going to try to spend, you know, some family time because, you know, everybody knows the holidays don't just there's not just Christmas Day and you know and right. Christmas Eve, so um, it's an extremely busy time. Um, but it's but it's man, in the state of Illinois, the holiday season is this basketball season.
1: It's a right. great time. So Where did you when you played, what tournament was CM in?
0: We were in. We were we um we were in the Columbia Freeburg. Oh, you tournament. were still there that yeah, long? Yeah. Ago. Okay. Um, I know. I, I can remember back that even when I was in junior high, riding over and going to watch with Alto in the holiday in the holiday tournament at Freeburg or Columbia. So we, we've been in it for a while.
1: Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that because I mean, there's so many good ones around here. I mean, we got Collinsville, even Centralia. I covered. I covered a handful of Centralia tournaments, you know, with uh, with Alton playing down there. Um, got to see some pretty good ones, see E.J. Liddell play down there. And, you know, I mean, Collinsville, I got to see Tillman and Jordan Goodwin going at it a few years ago. And Mark Smith and Jordan Goodwin going at it, I mean.
0: The Collinsville yeah. tournament to me is, is hands down the best holiday tournament. Uh, that, I, the the atmosphere over there, the players over there, it seems like, you know, they get, they get all these teams from, you know, Upstate a little bit, downstate, and it's, and it seems to be that the people that come from Decatur, or Peoria, they're trying to come down to prove a point, and then the teams in this area are trying to prove a point that hey, you guys aren't better than us up there. Right. They're trying to prove a point, hey, we're our basketball is better than down here. So I always like those games. Oh man, they get at it, you know. When when Edwardsville was going through with Mark Smith, we were over at Columbia, and we, I'd sneak over any time I could. Oh really? <laughs> to go watch Edwardsville? Yeah, yeah, because I mean they were fun.
1: They're fun to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, as a as a writer, it was insane. I mean, starting the day after Christmas, you knew you were going to be, you know, all over the place. I'd be in Columbia and Freeburg for you guys and Marquette, wherever you guys were at, and, and then I'd be in Jerseyville for the CM girls, and I'd be in Carlinville for the Wood River boys, and, you know, uh, C- Centralia for Alton boys, and... Um, visitation for the Edwardsville girls it's no uh, I just
0: try to make all the coaches look good with how busy their schedule was and them trying to balance family and coaching yeah but I'm the the sports writer bouncing (laughs) around to all these I'm not
1: having to scout all that stuff though (laughs) I'm going for a game or two and you know there were times where we do multiple spots in a day but I mean yeah yeah, we were busy too but I mean you know we weren't spending the whole time scouting and trying to get all that done because that's that's enough work in itself. You know, I'd see – well, Mike Waldo's a little different different beast, but I'd, I'd see him in Centralia sometimes scouting <laughs> Alton because, you know, Edwardsville got done with whatever tournament they were in or they had an off day and they played earlier and he'd show up in Centralia to scout Alton because they're going to play Alton right after the holidays and I'd go sit and talk to him for a second. But
0: As a coach that, um, that loves to steal stuff – Um, from other coaches Mike Waldo loves stealing his stuff and um Neil Alexander from Lincoln so anytime those two are playing in Collinsville I'm there like (laughs) because yeah those two are are the best um at what they did and uh you know Neil's still doing it but Mm -hmm. uh man those two like watching their OB plays I was obsessed just to go watch those two just to see what they do OBs and they're quick hitters and uh, yeah, those are those are two great ones during the during the holiday time to always go see, especially if they're playing each other.
1: Right. I mean, quick Waldo story. Dustin Battis told me this when um, when Mark was getting uh, Mark Smith was getting uh, recruited. The way he was, Shaka Smart was all over him for a while there, and he was at Texas at the time. And um, Shaka came up to recruit Mark, and he started. Talking to Waldo, and he started coming around some practices and everything, and he became kind of obsessed with with Waldo because of the inbound plays and stuff he had. And he, and he looked at him and you know, uh, he says, "How many of these inbound plays do you have?" And Waldo's like, "Oh, I, uh, like a hundred and something." However many you want. <laughs> and, and it was it was well over a hundred. And Shaka oh, Smart yeah. was like, "Inbound plays?" And and uh, yeah, Dustin said Shaka Smart had started sending film up to Waldo to dissect it for him because Wal- <laughs> he became more obsessed with Waldo than he did Mark. Oh, Obviously, man, Mark I'm, I'm,
0: didn't go down there, but yeah. Because Waldo's <laughs> a genius at what he does. I, I, rumor has it that I believe at one time, once Waldo was done with high school basketball, there was a time before he went to SIUE, that he went down to Texas and spent time with Shaka Smart did, and just yeah. watched their program and then took all notes and everything. He just kinda was a fly on the wall, took all his notes, and then I believe gave them the Shaka once he were done <laughs> and they sat down and went over everything that Mike thought they could do better.
1: Yeah, I know? think that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's w- unbelievable. That's that's <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, I I was telling us I had on my last episode on our last episode of your coach speak, we had Dan Cruz and Jeff Helmkamp um, Two former advantage photographers with me and and we were talking about stuff and we brought they were talking about coaches they like to watch on the sidelines and how they did things and Dan brought up Waldo and I told a story that Justin Hampson told me when he was playing for the San Diego Padres. I was doing an interview with Justin, and Justin said, When I got to the to the show and I and they start giving us scouting reports, he's like, I was like, Already seen this stuff. He's like, this is the same crap Waldo was giving us in high school. When I was at Edwardsville, I got scouting reports this in depth. They were writing out major league scouting reports for their high school
0: team. That's how advanced he was. I mean, he was he was way ahead of the curve for high school basketball. And you know, and I know, I don't know anything about baseball, but people talk the same way about him in baseball that he was ahead of the curve. And so, just always so prepared. You know, that's the thing with Mike. Just always so prepared. Everything, every, every. Every I dotted, every T crossed. You know, his team's always just the most prepared teams I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and you you talk about him, Coach Alexander and 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 Waldo. I mean, what were some other coaches that you looked at as a younger guy that you kind of uh, took pointers from?
0: You know, I've, I've said this on my own podcast, uh, Eat, Slay, Live, numerous times. <clears throat> as a as a young coach, and and I'll and I'll tell a little story with with Waldo. Um, there's numerous coaches, but one thing that I would do that I, that I recommend to all young coaches coming up, even, even older coaches who don't think they, they should or need to anymore, but I picked everybody's brain who would allow me to. I didn't I didn't care if you know, it was my first couple my first year, after my first year coaching and I realized I knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, you think you're you think you're gonna get into coaching and you're gonna know something because you know, you're a high school player, a good high school player, you went to play college, you think you're gonna know something. you don't know anything, you know. And right even ten years in you still don't know anything. But um, you know, Mike Waldo was the first person that I just you know, I'd always and I'd come back into town, Mike had always Lived in Methalto when I was right. growing up, mm-hmm. so I'd always see Mike around. I remember Mike in high school, Mike Waldo. <clears throat> after we played him my senior year, and they absolutely just destroyed me. They, I couldn't catch the ball. They were they were <laughs> one of the better high school teams I'd ever played against, and and they went like their little point guard five eight uh, Adam Jones. But then after that, they were they were like six four and above. Their two guys coming off the bench were six seven. They, they were. And so they had these six, five, six, seven, six, eight guys face guarding me. I couldn't catch the ball; it just totally dominated me. And um, and I see Mike. I don't know a week later, or so at Leisure World, and uh, I would always go up there after practice and get my workouts in. him. he um, he pulls me aside at the water fountain. and goes, "Hey, you know, you're a tremendous player. Blah blah blah, whatever." He goes, "I want to give I want to give you a little tip if you, if you're and you know he always but if you're willing, if you're, if you're willing, willing yeah. to t- I'm, <laughs> just, I'm willing to take anything right. from you." He goes. He goes, you know, it, it took me, you know, a couple possessions of you having the ball to realize, you know, how we're going to guard you. He goes, but one thing you probably don't realize that you do as a player. He goes, every time that you go right, you're going to the basket. You know, and you got, you got a quick first dribble, so you're going to the basket. Boom, you're getting there. He goes, but every time you go left, you go one dribble pull up. He goes, every single time you do it. So I'm like, no, I don't. No, you know high school. No, I don't. Right. (laughs) I go either way. Man, because you start watching film, and you start just all of a sudden you're in a game. Rip it one time, one dribble, I'm pulling up. It's like, Mike was right you know i mean he just sees all that stuff and then you know he's he's giving that to his players real quick but to go back you know neil alexander i'd call him and pick his brain mike waldo i remember going down after my first year picking his brain and we're sitting on the sideline after practice and we're going over my notes and things just picking his brain and he looks at me he goes you know all these years coaching he goes there's so few people that have ever called me to pick my brain like this really to me, that's what i thought i'm like i can't be one of the first like i like this isn't nothing new. People just people do this, and he's like, honestly, he goes, I don't know what it is. He's like, people never get a hold of me to pick my brain like this. He's like, you're one of the first, and uh, he's like, hats off to you. Keep doing it, and I and I kept doing it. Any coach though, there's so many of them, um, so many of them. But Medford, my brother Ty, I, right. I I had a connection around. But any coach that I would start scouting or maybe even playing, you know, I would it's off season, I'd call him up. Hey, I like I like it. You give it's a compliment to a coach saying, "Hey, I like what you do in your program. Can I come pick your brain about it? You know, see see what I could put in my program, take from you, and and you just start, you know, you start developing your own your own program by taking something from this program, something from this program, and, and putting them together, kind mm-hmm. of, and 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 taking what works for you, and then and then you start believing in some stuff. Um, and so that was that was part of how I how I got better as a coach, you know, as I, I started studying other coaches. um, I was going to say, you mentioned
1: Ty and and Medford. I mean, I know, you know, you had JD around Jonathan Denny, you know, and then probably even how how much did, did Nelly help Tim Nelson? I mean, I know he's a football coach, but
0: no, I mean, Nelson, Nelson (laughs) helped me. Hey, football. He was a huge reason why I even got my first job at Beardstown. Um, His best friend, Aaron Elmore was the, was the head football coach up there at the time. Okay. Um, so, whenever the process started with me at Beardstown, Nelson, you know, I called Nelson, and he dropped everything. Hey, let me call my guy. And so, he calls up Aaron Elmore, who then, you know, I know Aaron, but not, like, not best friends like Nelson is. And Aaron walked right into the principal's office and said, hey, I know this, you know, I know this kid. I know how hard he's going to work. I know his brother. I know what his brother's done as a coach. Like, you want somebody that's going to, you know, put in the time. This, this is a kid. So, he walked right in and put in a great word for me, and that all started with Nellie. You know, but I would call Nelly all the time to pick his brain because I mean, if you coach one sport, I mean, it's, it's so much is the same, and it's about motivating mm, players. Right? How do you handle this situation and that? And uh, he did such a great job at Alton Marquette. And anytime I pick his brain, you pick his brain about. He was such a huge motivator, I and mean, yeah, he's a players absolutely. coach. So you see that right off the bat. So anytime I you might be having an issue with a kid or something like that, Nelly would always be one of the, one of the guys I would call because he handles situations like that so well.
1: What was it? It seems like obviously athletics has been a big part of your family and your whole life. I mean, uh, because you're a lot, you're quite a bit younger than Ty and Todd, but you had to have kind of looked up to them, you know, when they were going. You know, especially Ty was a pretty good player at CM. I mean, to uh, to see all that. But what made you want to get into the coaching side of it?
0: Man, you you go back to even playing. I mean, Ty. Yeah. I mean Ty Ty in, in my life is, is the biggest influence my life. <clears throat> it comes to you know, I'm in I'm in third grade when he's a senior. So oh. there's a bit of an age difference there. But I mean going to watch those games in a packed gym and I mean there's once you saw that and you saw that atmosphere, like I I was sold. Like I was gonna I was I was gonna I'd do anything to be a CM <laughs> Eagle basketball player. After that, like I was right. stoked. I wanted to be that. I wanted. To, I wanted my teams to be what his teams were. I mean, uh, not impossible, almost because of one of the greatest you know boys basketball team to ever come through with Alto. But um, I mean, the atmosphere back then for their games and stuff, and being a kid, it just it pulled you in. Um, but then coaching again. Um, <clears throat> Ty was Ty was on the bench. He was a sophomore coach when I was in high school. Um, okay, I was going about with that. him to scout games and seeing you know you start to see then what goes into it, uh, and then being in college and and him taking over the CM program, right. uh, and just how much he loved it. I mean the passion that he had for it, and and then he just he gets into stuff and he makes whatever he's into. It, it, he he makes it, like, just seem like the greatest thing in the world. I mean, he just has that passion and that love just – that pours into it. And so, you're like, man, it just hooks you. You know, Ty has that personality. And so, right, right off the bat, like, when he got into coaching, I saw how much he loved it. Like, it just it pulled me in. Um, so, that's kind of how – that's, you know, that's how coaching came about. That's how even wanting to be a basketball player came about, just inspiring to be like him.
1: Did you – come back i know you were in college well you were out of college uh for a little while there while he was still at cm did you ever come back and help him out with stuff at cm while he was the head coach uh,
0: no um i once i graduated um college i got a job at, at beardstown and right. right off the bat i, I got i did, there wasn't i wasn't an assistant or anything i i got the head the head job right out of college. So I was coming back in the summers and stuff, like bringing my team. I brought my team down every summer. We would we would stay down here. We'd play his team a few times. We'd go over okay. to the SIUE team camp in the summer. Um, but, yeah, I n- never sat on his bench or helped him out or anything like that. We just, um, you know, I was lucky to have someone with so much experience a phone call away every second of the day. You know, that's what he was.
1: Yeah. Talk about that time at Beardstown. Obviously small – small town, small program, but you know, you had some had some good years there. Uh just kinda talk about that time and what you learned during that time of Beardstone.
0: I'll start with what I what I learned. Um and I went through I went through school. And the school never motivated me. I was gonna do I was gonna do what I needed to do in school to um, to get by and and do what I think I needed grade wise to look presentable for college really right um but school just never hooked me it never motivated me there was no so i'll tell you like i didn't what coaching did for me and what beardstown did for me is it taught me how to study it taught me how to be a critical thinker like those are the two biggest things that i take away from my time up there that that evolved me as a person or who i am um you get up there and like i said all of a sudden, I'm the head basketball coach, and I'm, and I'm not a dude who's just not going to do things right or, the, or, or all out. And so quickly learning, I don't know anything about basketball, <laughs> coaching basketball. Right. So I have, to, I have to figure out how can I learn, how can I become a better coach and learn so I can teach my players as quickly as possible. And one of the biggest things, I mean, I learned how to study. I, I learned how to be a critical thinker, and and that was one of the, that's one of the biggest things that I take away with me still today, um, is anything now even with business, um, it's you break down it's All right, here here's the options. If I do this, if I do that, and you take the positives and the negatives and you weigh them, and I mean you become a a, a real thinker, and then you kind of use common sense and. And that's what, man, that's the biggest thing that I take away from that. But Beardstown has a great history of basketball. Um, I think in 87, 88, they went to went the state back-to-back. Um, Bob Hembro was the coach for 20, 30 years up there, a legend up there. And um, after he stepped down, the program, five or six years, just kind of went through a, through a rut. Um, and they brought me in, and I was this young kid, um, a ton of energy, Again didn't know a lot but um, pretty quickly the kids related to me well um, and bought in and I think my work ethic my energy level with them is what kind of is what carried the program until I eventually I think I was good enough to coach and actually make a difference on the sideline um, not be someone that you know you go against coaches and you just get out coached and and I quickly learned that year one I'm getting out coached by all these people and uh <laughs> and I didn't want to let that happen for me or my program so um I hit the ground running was just trying to learn as much as I could I was a sponge and and we had some we we you know I'm super proud of what we did up there and when I left that program was headed in in the right direction they're still doing good things up there there's still a lot of energy and um But with every small town, you know the talent kind of comes and goes, right? You know, so you just try to you just try to put the program in a place where it can be consistent on a year in and year out by kind of putting your your system in place. So,
1: now what what uh, what ultimately brought you back? I know you get to be an assistant for a couple years for for Doug Carey there at, at CM before you took the program over. But were you already having the vision of the restaurant already when you came back coaching, or was that still a little later? Yeah, I grew up in a household
0: of uh, my my parents were, you know, entrepreneurs. They owned their own Mm -hmm. business, never really worked for anybody else. Um, So I I grew up in that atmosphere, worked for them in the summers. And um, I I knew from a young age that I I always wanted to work for myself, be my own boss or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so – what brought me back is I, I, as you just evolve as a person and grow um, coaching, uh, coaching was like my first love, my first passion. I got me, I woke up every day excited to go do that. Um, and it also evolved to me studying coaching to studying other things and starting to study business. And I don't know, a light went off where I'm like this, this is actually what I, I don't know what business I want to be in. But I, did, right. I started studying all kinds of stuff, and um, and I just this this there was something about studying business and and working for yourself that just I just started gravitating towards it more and more and more. And then my brother Todd, um, he took a leap of faith and quit his job and started <laughs> what is now Pride Fitness. Right, he started in his garage. Um, and the most motivating thing to me probably ever that put me on the path that I that I am now is when he did that, the day he did that. And uh I remember thinking like, if this guy can do it, you know, that Todd is Todd is such a smart guy. He he tries to act like he's not. You know, I know. He'll say uh, things yeah. like, I'm just an idiot. You know what? Right. Todd is super smart. When Todd quit his job, um, he could have went and interviewed and got a high-paying job with good benefits and good retirement and all that. But he took this leap of faith and and trusted in himself, you know, invested in himself, basically. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, like, there was no doubt about it. I didn't know when. I didn't know what. But when he did that, I mean, it, the light was, the light even got brighter. Where I'm saying, I'm doing that, too. I don't know when. I don't know what. But, like, if, if he can do it, I can do it, too. And so when he did that, I mean, it was a huge just – life-changing kind of thing for me like all right yeah there are other people that that see the world that i you know or want to do the things that i'm doing and, and this is my older brother doing it so when he did that i knew i was going to do it and that's what brought me back was my uh it's actually my stepdad and, and i started picking his brain and and really letting him know like hey i'm going to take the, the proper steps that i need to do to put myself in a situation for whenever the opportunity comes that I'm gonna be ready for it, you know, whatever it is that I that I can purchase someone else's business and and whatever. But I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm gonna do all the right steps. And and it was a two three year process, um, and and he helped me get into his 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 business was construction and and real estate. So he helped me get into some real estate houses. He helped me flip some houses um had some rentals that i was okay. that was holding and i was saving all that money anything i could get, i was saving i was saving I, I had a car i sold the car i was driving a 94 <laughs> honda accord for two or three years save on the insurance no more car payment saving all that money i could because I, I was preparing for whenever the time came i didn't know mm-hmm. when it was gonna be i didn't know if it was going to be five years or what um but i was gonna be sure i was ready and uh you know just things lined up correctly and uh Owner of the place I own now, uh, he came. To, he came to my stepdad, asked him if he was interested in buying it. Stepdad said no. Uh, okay. He goes, but my son might. So a meeting got set up. Came down. I um, I knew how much money I had saved up and told the guy what I could. You know, write up a. I would love. The, I would love the opportunity. Here's what I can. Here's what I can offer. And he's kind of. <laughs> I couldn't take that. And it was about nine months later. He called me again and said, Hey, is that offer still up? I said, Yeah, I, I can do it. <laughs> And so that's it's the rest is kind of history there, and so resigned from resigned from teaching and went all in like my brother
1: Todd and and kind of bet all myself. Yeah, I mean, was that bittersweet for you? I mean, you're back at your alma mater. You've you've had a little, you know, had some success. You know, um, there you had an eight, 18 win season there at uh, at CM, and you had those. Those couple of years, I had some pretty good players with Jaquan and, and Jaquan Adams and Caden Clark and then um, Bryce, uh, Zupan. Bryce Zupan. There was I mean, a bunch right? of them. Um, yeah.
0: Even when I was assistant with Doug, and we, we, yeah. had, we had some players come through through um, through those few years. Uh, it was bittersweet. I hated to leave Beerstown. Um, you know, you always think uh, the grass is greener on the other side. Um, right. You know, I'm at Beerstown. I always thought, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking to – man – looking at the big schools, and, man, that's where I want to be. But, you know, looking back, I had it so good up there. Um,
1: There are not as many expectations out of you there as at your alma mater where you're a 1,000-point scorer and everybody knows who you are, too. absolutely. It's a lot Um, more pressure.
0: At the same time, it's – you know, you you see a lot of – you know, a lot in the college game, you'll see coaches have something good. Shaka Smart, we're talking about at Mm. VCU. He has such a good thing going, you know, and then he leaves and he goes to Texas and it never works. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these other different things of why it doesn't work in Texas. You know, now he goes probably somewhere where where he'll he'll do a little better because the system will work better. Mm -hmm. But you always wonder, like, why are are these coaches? Why will they leave someplace where they're they're doing good? Like, you know, because they're chasing the the grass is greener well you think so chasing the money too yeah they do it's a little bit different but you know up at beerstown looking back you don't realize it when you're there and i'm kind of young but like that community kind of had the same values as as i did you know i was a hard nosed chip on the shoulder type player
1: Mm -hmm. i coached
0: the same way My, my program started to mirror me um you know the parents up there they're they're you know, they're blue-collar hard workers up there. So it, everything kind of fell into place up there looking back. And it all – we we all related. And and I'm not saying Bethalto's, you know, not that way. But for me, I, I I was where I should have been in my life at the time. Um, and then coming back, I didn't come back with any playing the coach. Um, okay. Doug, yeah, it, I, I, I was all in on, on going in on business. But – at that point, basketball meant, so coaching meant so much to me still, you know, I was a teacher, and I love teaching, because I got into teaching, I love to be a part of kids' lives, and help influence mm-hmm. those lives, and, and teach the lessons, and be another father figure outside of that, and so it was, you know, it was hard, you know, you go, you, you leave what you love to, to go pursue something, um, so it was bittersweet, and, and then Doug gave me the call, um, you know, i Mike Waldo asked if I wanted to be on a staff. Doug, oh wow! Doug Stotler had, had got a hold of me and asked if I would to be on a staff, and and I knew I I knew I couldn't do those two. You know, I couldn't. I, there's no way I could drive back and forth to Alton when I'm trying to start this business. No way I could do Edardsville, um, same reasons. And and so Doug called me. You know, hey, you come when you can. That's all he asked of me. And uh, so I'm like, you know, I'll be there. I'll help you when I can. And and eventually, like. As, as I said, I'm not somebody who can be halfway in. I'm, I'm in. And so, and, and as soon as practice got going, I, I was there 99.9% of the time. <laughs> right? He needed me to go do it. I was in. So I just, you know, if I had to work longer hours or I had to be at the bar earlier, I did whatever I, I could during basketball season to, to make it work. And, and I had, you know, those couple of those years with Doug was some of the most enjoyable. I really <laughs> did love being an assistant, I'd never been one. And so I really did love preparing the JV or you know the, whoever to go against the varsity to make them you know to get them ready for the game. I it was a different it was a it was a different coaching. Um, it was just a, a it was different being the, being an assistant than being the head coach, and I'd never lived that spot. And man, I I embraced it and loved it, and I, I just loved getting that team, my team, as prepared as I could to make the varsity prepared. You know, because then you feel like. Hey, we did our job, and now the varsity—they're rolling. They're going out and dominating teams because we're we're giving them good looks and practice and all that. Um, but man, Doug's Doug's a and that's an amazing dude. <laughs> he's you know anybody that knows Doug Carey knows. I mean, Doug's Doug. You know, it's right. the best way to describe him. But uh, man, he's uh, Doug does Doug. Doug does things the way Doug wants to do them, and Doug right. believes in. And, and the biggest thing you take from Doug's when Doug does something, Doug believes in what he's doing. He's not, you know, he he believes in it, mm-hmm. and he doesn't second guess himself, and um, he doesn't care what other people think what he's gonna do. <laughs> right, and um, and you know, as a coach, you second guess yourself and stuff like that. There's always those, you know, critical thinking comes into, it, and you're always, oh, is it this way or that way. And Doug, Doug's like, it's this way, and and so coaching with Doug was was a Couple of the best years coaching. I mean, the most enjoyable. Um, the, the way he, the way he just keeps the atmosphere light, but at the same time, you know what you have to give, Doug. So it, w- it was great. And then you know, Doug stepped down. Um, I was fortunate enough to um, get get the the job. Um, they offered me a job, took it. Um, even at that point, I was kind of unsure if I should if I should. If I should take it, right? My business kept getting busier and busier every year. Were you
1: already? Did you open the restaurant yet? You hadn't yeah, yet. No, when you... I
0: came, when I came right down. I opened the restaurant. Um, I I resigned okay. up there. I moved down here and bought the restaurant
1: in June.
0: Um, in June of two thousand fifteen, so it wasn't until I didn't decide to, you know, I was all in on the restaurant. We opened in September, and <clears throat> dug it. You know, kind of put some things in my ear okay, a few times, but it wasn't it long, until man. yeah, it wasn't wow. until um, wasn't until right for the season. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll do this. So yeah, yeah, I had opened up the restaurant in September, and that that first year came down and
1: was you know helped him out. Yeah, it's was there anything? Well, oh, well, first before we get into that, as a head coach, I mean, um, I know he's more your your brother's boy, but how for you? What was it like getting to coach against uh, our uh, our sponsor here? Uh, <laughs> Medford. I mean, you know, I mean, because him and Ty were roommates in college, so obviously, you know, you'd been around Medford. But that's got to be kind of a surreal thing to be going coaching against a a, a friend of yours uh, yeah, that's uh, across the you court. Know, him and Ty are best friends. Me right,
0: Medford. I mean, he's he one of my closest friends as well. You know, I was just at his house Saturday. I um, mean, Medford are really close, and uh, coaching against Medford. um as much as I hate to admit, you know, I, like I said earlier, I didn't know anything early on, but as you get better and better, you, you, you know, I really pride myself. I don't want to get out coached. I want to get out coached. I don't want to get, I don't want the other team to be more prepared than us and all that. But no matter what you did when you went against Medford, as much as I hate to admit, you you felt like you were out coached. Medford is so intelligent. He's so smart. And, and the, and, our defense, we ran a 1-2-2, two, two, and uh, it gave so many people trouble. It, it never gives Medford trouble because Medford breaks down the game in such layers that other people just can't do. Um, if I threw him a curveball and we did something different with our 1-2-2, two, two, you know, you have rules with it and you throw a different rule at him, he he makes that change, that in-game that adjustment like that. and. And he's he's great at baiting baiting you. Um, His his, like Waldo, he prepares so well, and he prepares at such
1: different levels than than other coaches. Um, He gets it, and he got it from Lee a lot. Coaching with Lee Bennett, I think, uh, helped him. Absolutely, and and I'll I'll go back
0: with Medford. So Medford was, as soon as he graduated college, he came over, and a lot of people don't know this. He was he was an assistant coach at Lewis and Clark. For three years, I know he was assistant coach my senior year, and was a big reason that I went to Lewis and Clark. I I had decided kind of early I was going to go the junior college route, um, and and when it came down to it, it was between Lewis and Clark and Swick, and and Medford, and as long as and Coach Stoller were the two that you know recruited me. And Medford came to a lot of my games, and him being young and right out of college, he was a big reason I went to Lewis and Clark because right off the bat, I knew I was going to learn from him. Right. And so Medford, I mean, he, his success he's earned. He, he Three years as an assistant at LC, getting paid nothing. And this man who had just started his business at the time, yeah. who's going door to door knocking on doors right. in Jerseyville, is then doing that and then getting on the bus for a junior college team for free and riding it to Danville with us and riding it back and not getting back <laughs> until midnight and then going back and knocking on doors to get his business going the next day. Right, and so from there, then he goes to Alton under you know I th- he was there with Lee, then right. Lane. Um mm-hmm. And so I mean those are you know Doug Stotler, Lee Bennett, Lane Bennett. I mean those are p- great people to learn under. And so by right. the time he went to Marquette, he hit he hit he hit it running. You know he was prepared and ready to go. Um. <clears throat> so, but coaching against Medford, I mean it's just he's just one of those coaches where you look over and, and you know you know his team's prepared and ready to go and it's i mean no matter no matter how good team your team is
1: he's it's going to be tough i'd say covering games defensively watching him and him and Waldo or I, I mean i don't know if there's if there's many better you know as far as you know the way they can Get after it on defense. as you know, coaches, I, Lee Lee's pretty good too. Ben Ben is saying those great. Yeah, co- they're, they're all three like that. Yeah,
0: those great coaches like that, and all three of them I look at the great coaches mm-hmm. um, because they're, they're so smart. They're, they're geniuses in, in this in this world, um, and it all starts with defense. They're all they're all, all three. It, it it starts with defense. They're, they're the, the best defensive coaches around that you know. And that's, and that's where it starts, and that's uh, year in and year out. They may not be able – all of a sudden their, their team can't put the ball in the hoop, but you can't put the ball in the hoop against them. And, and you know, all three of them are man-to-man coaches. And they are able to get their teams – Again, it kind of goes back to the layers. You know, you, you get a young coach, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to man-to-man these teams, and we're going we're gonna to get in here. We're going to play hard. I'm like, Well, yeah, well, Metford team's going to play hard. But they also know exactly how to guard you on every screen. You, right. uh, no matter what kind of screen it is, if it's a flare screen, they know if they're going under. They know if they're switching it. They know if they're going belly-to-belly. Um, there's not much that you can throw at coaches like that that their team's not going to be ready for. And not going to adjust to whatever you do, and because it's, it's, it's different layers, and the, and those coaches are the best at it, and that's why year in and year out, no matter what their talent is, they compete.
1: It's yeah, it's and it's it's adjusting and taking advantage of things in game and being able to do that stuff. Like one of my favorite, I, I love telling this story. So, I one of my favorite games I think I covered probably was when I was at the Intelligencer over in Edwardsville. Um, the Salem tournament, Edwardsville would go down there every year, and Centralia would be in there. so it's a championship game, Waldo versus Lee Bennett, and uh, Will Triggs is playing for Edwardsville, and he's kind of he went to Austin P he yep. a big boy, I mean, big boy, and Waldo would get the ball inside to him, and there weren't too many people that could stop him. Well, they weren't calling much. they were letting things go. So Lee's got guys just beating the crap out of Will when he'd get in the paint. Like they're the the when the less things got called, the more aggressive Lee would get on defense. <laughs> and Will is getting just beat to hell. And uh Waldo is going nuts. I mean, he's red in the face, he's screaming, he's yelling, and they never really called much. Well, Will Will's having trouble, you know, because he's getting just beat up in there and Lee's Taking advantage of everything. And then after the game, I remember I'm interviewing Waldo, and he's he's upset. He doesn't say much. He never said much in interviews. I mean, he yeah. he wasn't wasn't a good quote. I could I could tell you what a Waldo quote would be. He's more like mean. a Nick Saban type coach yeah. when it comes. to giving you a whole lot. So but but he was he was uh he was physically upset over that. Well then I go over to interview Lee, and Lee's just like you know he he's playing it up still. He's like, is is Mike okay? He seemed pretty upset because Centralia won the game, and he's like, you know, is, is everything all right with Mike? He was pretty upset tonight, and I mean, I'm picking up on all of it. I'm like, I'm like, but I'm like, I can't blame him. I'm like that's great coaching. I said, if they're not going to call it, and he can take advantage of it, he's adjusting and using what's being given to him to take advantage to win a basketball game. There wasn't any there wasn't any cheating involved in anything like that and they weren't like punching him or do but they were they were able to get more more bodies on him and get more physical with him, and wear him down. I mean, it was just watching them to like have that chess match there and of it just was just chess awesome. match, it was a chess match. Yep. Yeah, every, it was every great.
0: time out, every quarter, halftime, they're, they're both of them are, are making another move and the other one then counters it. Yeah, yeah. And coaches like that, it's it's so fun to sit in the stands and
1: watch. Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. Um, is there anything you take away from all that coaching? That's helped you in the business at uh, the restaurant. About everything. Yeah, I mean, it,
0: being prepared. You know, um, I, I I take my job almost like like being a, a coach, like being a head coach. Um, you have a team that you mm-hmm. you still have to you have to teach. Still, um, not everybody just comes into the restaurant business. You know, just. Uh, no one's a you know not all everyone's a professional server bartender cook or whatever i mean you got it you got to teach them and and even if they are you still have to teach them your way you Mm -hmm. know it's like coming to a new program um but the leadership part of it being prepared um there's it goes the lessons go there's every lesson you can take from coaching i mean you can basically take into running your own business you know it's uh the work ethic is the biggest part of it. You know, if you want to succeed as a coach, I mean, your work ethic work ethic just has to has to be greater than than you really think it could ever be. Um, and so that's I mean that's the biggest part of it is, is how hard you got to work. How hard you know I always said you know all the time you you got to fight for your program every single day as a coach. You have to fight for your program, no matter if it's um if it's the AD trying to. Uh, Trying to take away some of your practice time or yeah. trying to, uh, it, it's all kinds of stuff. I mean, the coaches, the things coaches deal with on a day to day, if it's all of a sudden they're trying to schedule the gym getting done um, in the beginning of June when you got all your practices and camps, you know, figured out already. And then they're yeah. throwing you the, I mean, there's all these <laughs> things you always, every single day, you have to fight for, for your program. And then it's the same if you're running a business. I mean, you, you got to fight for your business every single day. It's, um, it's constantly pivoting it's uh, something new getting thrown at you every single day and and it's also i mean especially in today's world with with everything that's happening towards my industry i mean you you, you there ain't no days off i mean you got you gotta constantly right. be in a critical thinking kind of mindset um ready to pivot every day but then ready to be as prepared as possible for whatever whatever comes uh so, yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on and on um, from the lessons that I took from coaching, um, who coaching, who coaching made me as a person, as a man, um, is things I take with every single day in my business and in my life,
1: you know. Yeah, you brought up over the last couple of years, I mean, it's been a, a stress for these guys that have been coaching, but you had, I think, even a, a, a higher stress, I mean, Running a restaurant, a bar, and a restaurant right now through all this pandemic. Just talk about how you got through that, and you've come through it and and flourished. Yeah, um,
0: Sometime you gotta you gotta take a bad situation and and you gotta make the best of it. <clears throat> we, um, I don't want to say we weren't prepared for the pandemic, right. but
1: I don't think anybody we, was. No,
0: no, but where we where our success during the pandemic a lot of it goes to is that we were very lucky. And, and as any coach would tell you, it's better to be lucky than good any day. And that's what we, a lot of it comes down, boils down to being lucky. We had, uh, we had bought, you know, the brick hall. Mm-hmm. We bought that building right. in 2018. Uh, so we totally gutted it, turned it into a, little, a venue hall. Um, you know it's wedding receptions you guys come down every year we donate it to you guys every right here yeah for,
1: thank you so much for that that, meant the, that means the world does for the Gallatin but Trivia you
0: guys now. keeping that going what those awards mean to the community and you know the players around and you guys jumping on board and and keeping that going means so much to, to the community and all these these kids um, so any you know being able to do that it's, I don't even have to mention it but anyway so the hall we were able to get that and and buying the hall gave us the parking in between the two buildings. Hmm. So once we got the hall going and it started to generate some income, we then we start, well, we we got to start making some plans. We we were busting at the seams in our restaurant now. Yeah. Um, and we got the perfect opportunity now to, to add on. And so with the land in between, we started getting our blueprints done. And so we got our blueprints done for the building. We started getting um, everything prepared. We had all our at, at this point before the pandemic hit, for before COVID came in. We had we were we were set and ready to go. We already had our our date down um, for when we were starting construction in between our two buildings and adding on. And then, um, boom, March hits, 2020. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm in contact with all my with. Um, RCS, is who who was our main contractor, and, and talks with them all the time, and picking their brains, and, and then you start to see some things happening down in Texas and Florida and so, the Southern states that you know that started getting warmer, they're starting to open up a little bit, and they're all mm-hmm. opening up outside. So I call up Wendell Yates and and uh, I said, hey, you know what? What are the chances of us being able to come in and and lay the foundation? Skip, skip the walls, skip all that. We'll lay this foundation in between these two buildings and mm-hmm. run it as a patio. You know, can we come in, do all the plumbing, do the electrical that we need to do ahead of time, underneath? And he's like, if you want to do that, we we'll be there next week. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he was true to his word. He, a week and a half later, we're pouring the foundation, and uh, boom. Wow. Another week later, we all of a sudden we went from a 12 table, nine bar stool restaurant to 30 tables out on this patio. Yeah. And so they said all of a sudden outdoor seating is open. We were ready to go.
1: Yeah. I showed up out there (laughs) pretty early on because I hadn't been going anywhere.
0: So it looked like we were so, you know, prepared or whatnot, but a lot of it like it's better to be lucky than good at times. And that's what that's what that happened. Mm -hmm. So. We we were able to set up this patio. People were so excited to be able to go somewhere. Right. This patio was, you know, and it was a total pivot in in our business model. We were this little bit. I mean, we had a little bitty kitchen exactly. for, for 12 tables, not right. 30, you know. Right. And so everything that, it was a huge learning curve, which which I love in both aspect of coaching and in business, is that you, there's always these learning curves and so much to always learn. And you go in one day and you make the mis- you know you make mistakes in game. You make mm-hmm. these mistakes and you learn from it. And then that, that situation comes up a year down the road, two years down the road, maybe the next game, and you've learned from it. So you correct that mistake. And the same in business. You know, We made so many mistakes with this patio because we, we were just so different all of a sudden. Overnight, we are just a totally different restaurant. And so we learned so much from that. And it was it was a huge learning curve. From it's almost like I learned more in, in five months of a patio, you know, <laughs> than I had in almost five years of running the business, or, or yeah, five years at that point. And so as soon as you know we we lined everything up to as soon as we were going to run the patio through um, Halloween, and then as soon as it closed down, you know the the workers were there, RCS was there. The next Monday started started you know back on the, on the original plans. So, you know, shoot, <laughs> and then in end of February, it was done and we we're opening up and now we're and now we're a different restaurant all of a sudden. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know? It's, so it's it like
1: was, night and day. Yeah. So you it's know, really worked a, out well. And, and um, as an older guy, I always bring that up to, to people. I'm like, you know, I'm 45 now. I'm like, man, I grew up with uh, Wicks and uh, <laughs> Porky's and Dick and Barbs. And I was thinking what other one. Oh, and the stadium club in Fosterburg. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. now these now, people yeah. get Regal Beagle and, you know, third shoot and locks, brick house and, um, the pump house, pump house. I yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like night and day from what those places uh, all, were uh, back. all three in the of those places.
0: Same thing. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, pivot and you, you know, and it's, and it's, people appreciate you, 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 putting money back into your business and continuing to make it better you know and it's kind of like putting it you know putting all your time and energy back into your program to continue to just keep making it better and people people love to see that process of anything with Mm -hmm. with a with a program with a coach with a business you keep putting that back into into it and people start seeing that that progress and they get excited about your program they get excited about your business and so I mean that's that's what I think all four of those places that you just named I mean all four of us have really put a lot of it back into it yeah, and, it, puts and, yeah, into yeah. it puts back into the community and puts back into the
1: community for sure for sure and then talk about where it came from you you mentioned it by name earlier Eat Slay Live that's you and and Todd's podcast where did where did that come from and and just talk about that a little bit I've listened to I've listened to several of them and uh you know it's it's a good time, especially the background one on you and you and Todd. So,
0: so we, uh, you know, Todd's a lot older than me. Right. <laughs> he uh, he was more of kind of when I was growing up, it's like a father figure type. Um, but as I was, you know, shoot, I was in he graduated. I was in first grade. So he goes wow, off. He goes man. off to. National Guard. Then he goes off to the army. And as I'm growing up as a teenager, you know, he's he's already out in the real world. He's mm-hmm. you know he's starting his own his own life. And so we you know and then as you know then I'm gone. I go you know I go away to college and then I go away to Beardstown and and we weren't where we club. Yeah, we're brothers and but we right. weren't super close because of the age difference. Really. Yeah. And so as I move back down. And he had his business, and I had my business. We just became closer and closer. We're picking each other's brains. We're always throwing ideas at each other, we're always having lunch and breakfast. And, um, and then one day, we, you know, I called him up. I'm like, hey, I, I want to talk to you. And so we sit down, and he's like, man, this seems serious. What's up? And I go, nothing. I, I, like, we always talk about trying things new and stuff like that. And I said, you know, we're both big fans of Joe Rogan Podcasts. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I go, I want, let's start a podcast. Two of us, and man, he's like, I've I've been wanting to start one forever. You know, he gets really excited, right? So right there at lunch, it started. Um, you know, we actually came down to w- WBGZ, talked with Nick about possibly doing it here. Uh, you know, we we ended up just setting up our own studio in my office because it's so hard to get schedules and then you add another schedule in there. But uh, so our podcast is kind of we. It's kind of we want it to be a, a motivational one. We want it to be just kind of like we're mm-hmm. talking here, like uh, it's just two guys or we bring in a guest and and we just sit down, and we just talk. It's just a conversation. And we and we want to always try to get people in there that we think our listeners are going to learn something from. That's that's key. And uh, if it's from his side of his profession, if it's health, uh, right. we have people in there to talk about health and fitness and, and, and their journeys with that. Uh, we've had several people from my industry come in and talk about the same thing, how they got started in business and what they've done. So mm-hmm. um, we get some people in, from different communities that, that have great stories about their backgrounds, and we bring them in. And, and, we, and the, really the, the whole idea of it is just for us to learn something and for our listeners to better, to better hear someone else's story um, and, and take something from it to hopefully make them a better person so
1: that's awesome it's been, it's
0: been great it's been fun we've learned we've learned a lot we've uh me and him have gotten so much closer in it um by doing it and like you i mean i'm sure you, it's a it's a blast it it's is fun to sit here and just it's, chat. it's a lot
1: of fun so i do something even a little bit different um my roommate is all is, owns an online heavy metal radio station we actually do online radio out of our basement we do a show we haven't been doing it lately but we got a setup similar to this here in the WB really? studios and we broadcast live all over the world we got we got a there's a guy in australia that wears my roommate's Uh, name on his shirt he's got he's got a metal mic show (laughs) t-shirt that he walks around in Australia with I mean we've met people you know they do a podcaster's convention it's more it's all music stuff not so much the sports and other things but I went down there in August and they had like former MTV VJs there and and musicians and you know, I met Ricky Rackman from MTV, and uh, I'm a little older than you, so you probably <laughs> don't know who these people are. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the guy, the uh, Billy Sheehan that played bass for David Lee Roth when he did his solo album, and and his his drummer from his solo album, Greg Bissonette. But anyway, getting further. But it's just so cool. All that stuff brings everything together, and you know, this is the internet and different things of. There's a lot of downside to a lot of it, but you but I also but I, but I truly upside believe in things like this. Yes, I truly believe that, that we're living people together. Yeah,
0: we're living in one of the one of the greatest times to be alive. You know, the, the whole thing that's going on in the world right now. It's hopefully it's a it's a little bump in the road, but like right. when me and him were talking, like we live in the greatest time to be alive that there is. I mean, everything that you want is at your fingertips. And so it was just you know with the podcast it was just one of these things like I didn't want to look back when I was fifteen like man I really didn't take advantage of some of the awesome yeah. stuff that we that we have in our lives every day so that's that was one of the things with the podcast and just that I mean you can sit down in your basement now right yeah and do that's a what live we do. radio we, we, like and really says, it live. that's an, that's crazy Mike it's says awesome. this is
1: no different than what we were doing sitting around a bonfire drinking beer when we were in our early twenties listening to music and breaking it down or talking about sports because we'll talk about other stuff. On there, too, we don't just make it just all about metal music. I mean, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff that's going on. We'll talk about sports. I'll tell stories about stuff here and when I was covering games all the time. I'll tell stories about training people at work now or just anything, you know. Um, uh, And then then the sports thing, I got Dave Leip had that great idea to do the Metro East Sports podcast over in Edwardsville. And he's just done such a great job with that, and I helped him get started with that well then when i lost my job at the advantage i wanted to step away from everything and then nick approached me with this one when him and steve got too busy to be able to do it and i'd be able to come down here and i mean this has been an absolute blast i was away from the sports for a while and now i'm able to come back at this level of it and i'm having so much fun doing this and i'll people have reached out to me and wanted to wanted to come on or they're just excited listening all the time and you know this has been an absolute blast so i haven't had anybody tell me no about coming down here yet so i told nick the other day i said i'm i'm pretty good at this i even got I'm pretty yeah, good yeah, I, I was messing with <laughs> him yeah i was like nobody's told me no yet i even got jim a, wigger in here he's 90 years old it's you a know? good track yeah. record i know eventually somebody's gonna tell me no. but uh yeah no it's fun and i appreciate you coming in man i mean I've always, you know, watched what you've been doing from afar and and respected what you've done. You know, I mean, with the, um, from coaching to the business, I mean, it's amazing what you've done there. Absolutely amazing. Every time I go there, there's something different. You know, uh, well, I, I, I really appreciate really cool. that.
0: Thank you. So,
1: but uh, yeah, so appreciate it, Ross. And uh, we'll have to get you back on again sometime. Yeah. Maybe any time, man. Maybe I'll have to come on with you and Todd sometime. There, I like that too. Yeah, (laughs) I can bring one of the guys from the committee with me or something. There we go. Yeah, like uh, let's do it. Get Silkwood in there. He can talk for days. He's got all (laughs) kinds of stories. Yeah. All right. Well, Ross Locks, I appreciate it, and uh, like I said, we'll have to do this again sometime. Thanks for having me on. Tune in next time on Coach Speak when Bill Roseberry sits down with Greg DeCourcy from Marquette Catholic High School. You mentioned your first year at Marquette was 1977. What brought you to Marquette? What was your resume before you came there for those 31 years? I graduated MSU, MSIU Edwardsville and uh, my first teaching job was in Peking, Illinois at a junior high. My wife is from this area. She's a graduate of Marquette High School. All of her brothers are graduates there. So we came back in the area and then I got into uh, coaching with John Rogers. I coached for uh, 10 years. I was the uh, defensive coordinator for him, and it, it was fun.
0: That's next time on Coach Speak, presented by Edward Jones Financial Advisor Steve Medford.